There has to be more to work than just a paycheck. My name is Clément Frisoni, and I am passionate about how companies manage their human capital. This is Cambodia Workwise. Each episode, I will bring you insights from the Cambodian world of work with CEOs, HR managers, human capital deciders, and people who think there is more to work than just a 9 to 5 traditional work. In this show, we will talk about HR, recruitment, and the broader Cambodian world of work. This is Cambodia Workwise. Cambodians want to study abroad and get that degree from a foreign university. This is the story about Tola Thun. Tola is representative of that emerging class of Cambodians who have been educated abroad and who come back to Cambodia to make the best of the opportunities of the countries. Tola will share with us his journey from the province of Cambodia all the way to Japan. He will share with us how he changed his perspective on work, about Cambodia, and how he used that to advance his career here in Phnom Penh. I hope you'll enjoy my discussion with Tola, and I'll see you at the end. the show today, Tola. Could you tell us a little bit more about who you are, where you're from, and, and what you've done so far? Okay, first of all, thank you so much for having me here today. My name is Tola Thun. I am 30 years old and I'm originally from Bantiemenjai province, which is next to Siembre province. I graduated from Japan. I spent time six years studying there. And after graduation, I got a job in a Japanese company. And then in 2020, I decided to come back to Cambodia. And after that, I got a job in a Japanese company as well in Phnom Penh City. And I worked there for three years and a half. Now, I just started my own small hospitality, Weekend Guest How. Now I'm working on my own project as an operating of the guest house. That's great. Okay. What did you study there? I studied civil engineering because when I was in Cambodia, I joined university in Phnom Penh, which is school for engineer. And then I applied for the scholarship with the Japanese government. And then I got accepted. And eventually I graduated from civil engineering. Originally, I selected architecture, but during the college time, I felt that I have to switch to civil engineering because of the language barrier. So I spent six years pursuing civil engineering. Why did you decide to go to Japan in the first place? Was it like you put your finger on the map and you said uh, Japan or did you like want to go maybe to the US but then ended up in Japan or did someone tell you, oh, Tola, you have to go to Japan. It's so amazing there. What drove you to, to go there? Okay, thank you. This is a very interesting uh, question. I got asked a lot. Actually, I was trying to find scholarship to study abroad, which is my dream when I was in high school. And I always tried to find opportunity to study somewhere else besides Cambodia. I tried many other scholarships. 
for example, Singapore or Norway. I tried many times and then at one point I got accepted from the Japanese government. I didn't even know much about Japan before going to Japan. How, how did you know about those scholarships? Like, uh, did, did, you, did you research about this on your own? Did your parents push you? Did your teachers um, uh, encourage you to apply? What was the, the relationship between you and those scholarships? When I arrived in Phnom Penh on a freshman year, I have many friends that are also having the same dream to study abroad. We have a place in Phnom Penh city where all the scholarships are available and displayed. So we often went there to check and we, we tried to get a, yeah, that's how I got the information. What's the name of that place where you looked for the scholarships? I think it's called Institute of cultural and exchange but i'm not sure it's the perfect name i think it's something like that in khmer and they also have like facebook page as well what does it take like for someone in cambodia to get such a scholarship like was it like something you applied and you got selected and it was it or did you like have to send a big file of documents to support your application uh, was it very competitive like how did that happen it's a lot of process to be accepted it differs from scholarship to scholarship country to countries yes were very very long procedure of course a lot of documents they have like three rounds of uh, exam and test first one was written examination for like mathematics and physics and chemistry and English and Japanese. And then the second round is interview and then last round is document scanning. And for the research student, they have another procedure, which for example, like you have to submit your proposal of research study and so on, you know. You know how many people applied for the scholarship and how many were accepted? Less than 1,000, maybe 300 to 200 that student applying every year from different universities in Cambodia. They selected like around 50 or 100 for the interview and then the final round they select some amount. They also offer to other countries as well like Laos, Thailand, Vietnam and so many places. Did you learn Japanese? Did you learn about the culture? Did you learn about yourself? What was all the things that you got from that exchange? Uh, yes, it's the language. Now I could speak kind of medium level of business Japanese and of course my engineering skill and I could understand a lot about working culture and uh, the culture of Japan because when I was there I was 19 20 years old so it's a good time for me to be able to like grow as uh, like independent because I live far away from my parents and we spend time with other young students as well so I grow a lot as a person Sometimes you miss your home, sometimes you have stress from school. So it's like six, seven years you have to handle everything on your own, you know. So I think it's really, really a great experience to be able to grow as a person in another country. Um, you were telling me that while in Japan, you had to work at the same time as you were studying. Could you tell me more about those aspects? So I could not find a scholarship for the first year. So I have to work part-time for three different places. For the first one, I work at a milk farm with uh, working with a cow, you know, cleaning and uh, getting meal and so on. So it's like uh, using a lot of energy. And then I got another job in McDonald's. I was able to learn a lot of kitchen operation, you know, grilling meats and burger and, you know, packaging 
the burger and to clean the whole thing and my language was still like limited and to work with the whole Japanese team it was really challenging a lot of foreigners were also working there but they cannot help you so much but the Japanese team especially the elders are really kind and helpful and then I applied to another job which is Uniqlo it's really different because this time it's like customer service and retail so you present yourself a lot to meet the customer in store I just want to make sure the listeners understand that you grew up in Cambodia both your parents are Cambodian your mother tongue is Khmer and you started learning Japanese in Japan you went to a country that is notoriously known for not speaking much English so you had to learn everything there and then you worked in a retail store so because I was thinking as you were telling the story like I don't know how to say socks in Japanese or pants or all the colors so you had to learn everything to be able to learn to work seamlessly in a Japanese speaking environment when I arrived in Japan the first year they put you in a full Japanese language school full-time to be able to speak, write some of characters, make basic conversation. And then after that, they send you to the college for three years. In a full Japanese environment, the class are all in Japanese. The teachers speak like teaching uh, Japanese students. So the first year was really struggling for me because you have to catch up a lot. Yeah. And after you graduated from university, you did not go back to Cambodia just yet. You stayed in Japan and worked in a Japanese company. So what were you doing there? What was your job? Bridge and infrastructure consultant company. I was in the bridge planning team, so I have to do calculation and using the software to analyze the strength and so on and prepare all uh, documents, something like that. Okay, so why did you want to leave Japan and come back to Cambodia? I lived in Japan for seven years. It's really a lovely country. It's very beautiful, the weather, everywhere is clean and so on. For me, I feel like I miss my home country, I miss my family. One more thing is I feel like in Cambodia there are more opportunities to someone like me who speaks Japanese to understand the working culture in Japan, to understand a lot about Japan. So I want to take this chance to come early to Cambodia because I think who came first will get more opportunity. You came back and you joined a Japanese company in Phnom Penh. Did you continue working in civil engineering or did you switch field or what was the new role about? In administration and it's a really different field because I was an engineer but it's really nice of Japanese company because they always willing to teach you or train you from zero even though you don't have experience. It's really different from the, the local Cambodian company because they would select someone who have been working in the field and if you applying for the different field they would not accept you. I understand the working culture of Japan. They always try to test you first before they raise you or promote you. Other local Cambodian employees, they have different mindset. They Maybe they don't understand about this culture. My mindset is like, okay, I will try to learn as much as possible because I know myself that I'm a good learner. I will learn, I will grow. So one day I will have what I want from the company as well. Your mindset is more accept to give a part of myself first 
whether it is working more or earning less or trying something I don't know how to do. And you say, that's okay because I trust myself. I'll learn on the job and I'll prove them that I can do this. While the more traditional Cambodian mindset would be, give me something, I'll walk towards you and do what you want me to do. Yes, yes, yeah, exactly. Comparing to other Cambodian people, I think I know how to speak to them nicely. I, ha- I know how to respect them because um, if you don't ask them nicely, they will not cooperate with you. So I'm super interested in being educated on this. Like, could you tell me like a few examples on how to communicate properly and efficiently with another Cambodian person? Because a lot of foreigners will be interested in. You know, Cambodian people, you you see that all the time they are very, very kind, very nice. But if you don't respect them, they will switch. <laughs> they will switch and they don't cooperate with you very well. They don't produce the 100% good job. So you have to understand how to communicate with them nicely. You joined that company in 2020 and you stayed three and a half years. It seems from what you're describing to me that, you know, you started at the bottom, now we're here. You, you climbed all the ladders in the company starting from scratch. It seems like, you know, you were like a, a rising star in the company and then you chose to change your direction. What led you to make that decision and why did you want to quit your job in that company? I want to switch from the 9 to 5 job to have more of freedom. And also, I always wanted to have my own business. I am a very ambitious person, even though I'm from a very humble background. My family are farmers. My mom is a teacher in a small primary school in the village. I came from a place of nowhere, almost nowhere. Like A lot of kids are not lucky like me. They wanted to study, but they could not go to high school. I have one final question for you. What is your advice for Cambodians who are listening to us? Put yourself to a lot of work and don't put yourself in comfort zone, you know. The world is like competition, you know. If you want something, you're going to be a standout person, so they will select you. listening to this episode until the end. I really appreciate it. Now, take a moment to reflect on what you want to remember from this discussion. For me, what was really striking is how Tola decided to take a step back and think about what he wants to do for his career and how he wants to see himself. This is something you need to do. Take a moment. Take a breath. What do you want from life? What do you want from your job? What does it bring you? Is it money? Is it status? Is it new skills? You have to ask yourself these questions. Not everybody is able to deal with this on their own. If you need help, feel free to reach out to me on social media. You can find me on LinkedIn, that's Clément Frisoni, or on Instagram at Cambodia Workwise. The links are in the show notes. I can help you find the answers you need to advance your career. I'll be able to provide you with a free discovery call and help you figure out which coaching offer is best for you. Thank you so much and see you next time for a new episode of Cambodia Workwise. Bye bye!